1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
0: Welcome to the Daily Doctor's Kitchen with me, your host, Dr. Rupee. The simple concept of sleep deprivation being related to obesity and the feelings of what you feel that you need to eat, those cravings yeah. of sugary sort of uh, morsels of food to, to satisfy this hunger. Yeah. I think a lot of people can relate to that, particularly at yeah. like 10, 11 a.m. I know when yeah. I'm in clinic, I'm just grabbing something. And if I've had a bad sleep, then yes, like the yeah. temptation to have caffeine and the temptation to have that biscuit that that lovely patient has brought in for Absolutely. the rest of the surgery and is there. I think that
1: one of the things I love about sleep is it's a really complicated interaction between the physiology and the psychology. So I mm. think, you know, if you've had a rough night and you've got, you know, a busy clinic and you feel you deserve the treat on a psychological level, but there is a very definite physiological impact That's one. Well. that's the bit I think people don't realise is those cravings are being driven in part by the sleep deprivation. And managing sleep better can help people manage that better. So when you look at good... You know, weight loss plans, Mm. I think a lot of them do focus on more than just what to eat. They focus on the whole lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. And it's about encouraging good habits across the board. So, you know, good sleep is important, regular exercise is important, healthy eating is important, Uh routine is important. Yeah. And all of these things together probably then help to significantly improve your chances of getting rid of the extra pounds and calories that you're carrying quicker and better.
0: Yeah, yeah. and just generally living a healthier lifestyle is going to prevent yeah. yourself yeah. from yeah. getting things like diabetes, cardiovascular problems and cancer as well that's yeah. rising in western countries. Yeah. So there's lots of explanations as to how sleep can be impacting that. We touched very briefly on hormones. Mm. Does it affect those hormones and what what sort of hormones are we talking about?
1: So from uh, an appetite point of view, it's leptin and ghrelin, the ones who help mm. regulate uh, appetite and hunger. Okay. And I said the main difference is it shifts you towards being hungrier and craving foods that give you more immediate satisfaction mm-hmm. and which tend to be the less healthy foods gotcha sleep is uh, on one level a very complex physiological process where lots of things go on but actually a lot of the time it can be boiled down to relatively simple uh, concepts when we're uh-huh. thinking about it
0: okay and um i know this is going to come up in listeners heads so what is the ideal number of hours for sleep in terms of the, the most perfect restorative sleep? And I'm, I'm, sure, I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer you're going to give, but I'm going to ask nonetheless. So the answer is it's different for everyone. <laughs> yeah. um,
1: the average is probably for an adult around about seven to eight hours, mm-hmm. but the range of normal can be quite wide. So I spend a lot of time looking after teenagers, for example. So teenagers need a little bit more sleep. So the median amount of sleep that a teenager needs is probably around about nine and a quarter, nine and a half hours of sleep per night. But that is a normal distribution curve. Mm -hmm. So there are some teenagers who have a normal amount of sleep who will need less sleep than that. Mm -hmm. So we may need only seven or eight hours of sleep. But equally, there are teenagers who are perfectly normal, who needs 10 or 11 hours of sleep. Mm, In our society, getting 10 or 11 hours of sleep is quite challenging. Absolutely. So if you are somebody who is genetically wired to need a little bit more sleep, Mm. you are going to struggle to fit that in When particularly when we don't prioritise sleep in general. Mm. Simplest, easiest way to know how much sleep you need is if you go on holiday for a week or two um, and you have nothing constraining your sleep. So you can get to sleep at a consistent time every Mm -hmm. night and just wake up naturally. Mm -hmm. The first few days, you'll probably sleep a bit more because you'll be catching up the chronic sleep deprivation that you're almost certainly dealing with most Mm. of the time. But towards the end of the holiday, you will probably settle into a rhythm where you will go to sleep at a consistent time and you'll wake up at a consistent time. Mm. And I'll be willing to bet that that time for most people will be later than the time they would normally wake up on a work day, absolutely, and that from personal you, experience, certainly, <laughs> that's probably how much sleep you need.
0: Right. So if right.
1: you go on holiday at the end of the holiday, you go to sleep at eleven o'clock and you wake up at seven o'clock, then you probably need eight hours of sleep. Okay. If you are somebody who most nights is going to bed at eleven o'clock on a work day, but you have to get up at half six to get to work, mm. then you're missing an hour and a half of sleep every yeah. night, and right. that has an impact. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's that's the most useful way. Sure. So the the typical figure that we quote is seven to eight hours. Mm-hmm. The average and in this country, the last time it was looked at in any great depth is probably getting about 6.8 hours of sleep on mm-hmm. average. So most adults are mildly chronically sleep deprived.